It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the mind of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman. With me is Mr. Kevin Baxter back in the United States, back working the uh, the many angles of soccer in Los Angeles as well. We're coming to you on December 18th, a Monday. That's right. Uh, it's quickly counting down the days until the LA Galaxy head back to preseason. And I know I say it all the time. And so far, everybody's been making fun of me, but now only 35 days. That's right, 35 days until the LA Galaxy report back to StubHub Center for preseason. And we are now uh, approximately 56 days into the LA Galaxy's offseason. So, uh, I don't know, with all the news coming out, do you feel confident that the LA Galaxy are where they're supposed to be? Or maybe they're a little bit further behind? I talked with Larry Morgan last week, and... We talked about how it's not time to panic, but is it time to panic now? We've got lots to talk about, lots of news coming, uh, player acquisitions, player trades, all sorts of fun things, and all the rumors, of course, that you want to talk about as well. So a very exciting pack show, but let's check in with our man of mystery, our, our man of leisure and travel, Mr. Kevin Baxter, who was away in uh, Germany. Kevin, how, welcome back, buddy. Hello, or should I say, how do I say hello? Hello, that's, I guess, the best I can do in German. Oh, by the way, you know... Um, you talked about the, how much time there is left in the offseason. Wasn't the last season kind of an offseason as well? I mean, maybe you should have a bigger number there for the <laughs> length of the offseason. Yeah, and, and yeah, that makes some you, sense. Yeah, it's the first time I've noticed in the intro it says uh, it identifies us or the people on your show as uh, soccer reporters and MLS insiders, I think. Uh, ML, MLS, MLS experts. experts. Experts, that's right. So that's you, right? You're the MLS expert, and I'll be the reporter. Yes, absolutely. That may, I think that works well. I think that works well. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit real quickly before we get going. I'm sure other people are interested. How was Germany, and, and how much fun did you have? Well, we had a great time, and I have to compliment my long-suffering wife because uh, she loves – well, I don't say she loves. She um, allows me to go on these uh, soccer vacations. Last year we went to Manchester and Liverpool, and she said – through an Everton game in freezing cold and then sat through a Manchester City game in even more freezing cold. This this year it was freezing cold in Munich where we saw Bayern Munich play, uh, and that was fun. Then we took a, a side trip to Nuremberg, and the Adidas uh, factory, by the way, is, is not far out of Nuremberg, about 35 miles. We went there, and I happened to get a glance. It was a photo, but I talked to the guy who designed the Galaxy's new kit, which will be rolled out here soon. This year, every other year uh, in MLS, you know, uh, Adidas changes either the away jersey or the home jersey. So this coming season, the Galaxy will be getting a new home jersey, and I'm sworn to secrecy uh, under penalty of death, not to say too much, but those of you who love the sash uh, will be happy this year. There's a new, improved, uh, a little bit brighter and a little bit larger sash, but that's all I'm uh, allowed to say at this point. That's all, I was going to say you dropped lots of knowledge. You didn't tell everybody that the jerseys are also pink, though. You, you missed that part, right? <laughs> no, I'm not, not allowed to say any more than that. I also <laughs> saw the LAFC kit, and uh, we'll be talking about that somewhere else later. Um, but uh, they're pretty fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say. I know this is a Galaxy podcast, but 
they're, they're pretty off the hook, the new LAFC kids. Well, I was going to say, you already ruined my dreams, Kevin, about the LA Galaxy and LAFC opening the season together. So I, I'd really like to, like, I have, I have to take issue with you breaking the news, basically, that LAFC is going to be at Seattle. Um, instead of playing the LA Galaxy, where they rightfully should the very first game. But perhaps down the road, the very first game at uh, Bank of California, I think, yeah, Bank of California Stadium at LAFC, whenever they open that stadium, because I think they're, they're on the road for a little bit first, will be against the Galaxy. That's my hope. Eventually the Galaxy will get that big game. Maybe they're saving it for rivalry week or whatever they wanted to do. But I think they're missing an opportunity, Kevin, an opportunity to make me look really, really good by guessing correctly that the LA Galaxy were going to play LAFC to start the season. Well, you know, you're right. I thought they were going to open that way, too. They are, are actually going to open in Seattle uh, sometime in, in early March. Their first home game at Bank of California Stadium will be April 29th uh, at 6 p.m. if you're making plans, and that will also be against Seattle. So they open against Seattle home and on the road. And as you and I were talking earlier, it, it, that may be a TV rating thing. Seattle yep. gets tremendous national TV ratings, and uh, there's no doubt that those two games at LAFC are going to be national TV games. So that may be part of it. I actually thought, uh, since we know that uh, LAFC will play between five and seven uh, games on the road before it plays its home opener, I, I thought one of those games would be the Galaxy 2, and maybe it will be, although it should have been the first. And, and it was funny, I actually messaged Dan Kordemach, one of the MLS officials, I messaged him from Germany because I was thinking about that, and I said, um, I'd really like to know when LAFC is going to going to open, you know, what's going to be its first game and who's going to be against it. His response to me was, sure, I'd love to talk to you about the Galaxy's home opener. And my <laughs> first thought was, did he misunderstand me? And then my second thought was, he was confirming the rumor right, right. that they were going to play the Galaxy. turned out neither one of those things uh, were correct. It was just a very... A very sad and poor joke that got me excited. I was going to say, and my heart breaks. So thank you. Thank you for that. I, was, I, I thought I was going to be that MLS expert and, and correctly figure that one out, but that's how life is. Well, we're glad to have you back, Kevin. I know you're uh, traveling after uh, covering USC football. I love documenting the many things that you get to cover as the LA Times sports reporter, and uh, I enjoy the, the, the suffering that goes along with that a little bit with you as well. So, uh, so always, always well, good time. At, at at least it's football. You know, at least it's football. It's a different kind of football. But the thing that really gets me is you show up at these practices. I mean, USC football, that's a pretty legitimate program. And you show up, and there's reporters that have covered every game since these guys have been wearing leather helmets. And, and I'm looking for Pete Carroll and Matt Leiner. So <laughs> uh, my first my first day didn't go over real well with the folks at USC, I don't think. That doesn't surprise me. All right, let's get to the LA Galaxy news now. And since uh, we last recorded on Thursday, uh, the LA Galaxy did take part in the first stage of the re-entry draft. That's the MLS re-entry draft. Uh, and, and Josh's prediction, once again, I mean, so far, Kevin, I am batting 1,000% here. Uh, the LA, I said somebody, they'd probably take somebody in the waiver draft, and they took absolutely Absolutely nobody. Um, then I said there for sure, well, I said there was probably still a pretty good chance, even though not a lot of players get picked, that the LA Galaxy were going to pick somebody in the first stage of the re-entry draft, and they picked nobody, although I think there's some uh, some outstanding sort of issues with that, so we'll talk about that as well. And so now coming up to the MLS re-entry draft, I am positive the LA Galaxy are for sure going to pick at least one player, and it's possibly two players, and you can take that to the bank as well. Uh, the second stage of the MLS re-entry draft comes up on Friday 
at 11 a.m. and the list of players eligible for that selection uh, in the stage in the second stage of this re-entry draft will be released by MLS Communications at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 4:30 Pacific Time on December 20th. So that's whenever you can start really paying attention to that. Now to go back to the first stage of the re-entry draft, Kevin. There was some interesting talk that sort of went sideways very quickly, it seems like, that the LA Galaxy were interested in David Osted. Um, and then David Osted goes on a Twitter storm and basically says that he had three MLS teams all interested in him, but none of them could sign him because of TAM rules, targeted allocation money rules. And it's very interesting that a source then popped up after that saying the LA Galaxy were one of the teams and that the league actually denied a deal for David Osted from the Vancouver Whitecaps to come to the LA Galaxy. Uh, they actually denied that because of these TAM rules and, and, and sort of the salary issues. And it is a big question as to what the deal was and why it was denied. And if you read Osted's tweets, Kevin, it doesn't exactly give you a great idea, except that he thinks that he's quote-unquote blacklisted uh, from Major League Soccer right now. And then he removed himself from the first stage of the reentry draft. So I do think the LA Galaxy were lining up to get David Osted in that first stage of the reentry draft, but that they couldn't make a deal with him because of the targeted allocation money rules. And it may have something to do with the fact that in 2018 and the option that was available in 2018 for David Osted may actually be less than the max budget in 2018. And if you remember targeted allocation money, and I know we're going into the weeds a little bit, but in order to be targeted allocation money, you have to be over the $500,000 plus cap limit or the max budget limit in order to use targeted allocation money and they may not have let the LA Galaxy raise his salary above that bottom limit and so if they didn't let him do it then you couldn't use TAM to sign him and then you couldn't get him so they basically denied the guy a raise in order for teams to then sign him with TAM which is my sort of brief look and kind of understanding of what I think the situation might be but that's all speculation really but it's a it, it's not a good look, in my opinion, for Major League Soccer right now, and it's something that uh, they're going to have to look at in terms of they're not allowing players to get more money. That's not that's not a great look uh, by anybody. Well, you know, Ziggy knows a lot about David Osted, having played against Vancouver a lot and, and sort of just the whole Cascadia thing up there with Seattle, Portland, and Vancouver. Um, you know, this is one of the things that MLS and the Players Union kind of back themselves into a corner with some of the... Uh, Boston bargains they made to get uh, um, some sort of free agency, as, as, as bizarre as it is, that now guys, when they want to change teams, or, or, or teams want to sign players because they're good, they either have to not sign that contract, stay where they are, or take a pay cut. And you're right, that is not a good look. You're not rewarding a guy for, A, being loyal to the league and for performing very well. Uh, it, you know, uh, can you imagine any other sport where uh, uh, you know top name free agent, a guy of Osted uh, caliber, has to change teams and take a, a, a pay cut to do that? That's just ridiculous. And you're right; it's it's not a good look, and it's going to make I think a lot of players uh, think about maybe coming to the league or, or what their status in the league is going to be. But 
when you look at the Galaxy, that was the guy that they were counting on. And if they don't get a goalkeeper, they're going to give up a lot of goals because you need someone in front of the nets. Yeah, and then what we saw right after that, or, or right around the same time, is that the LA Galaxy traded Brian Rowe to the Vancouver Whitecaps for a second-round 2018 draft pick. Uh, nothing too surprising about that. I, I, Kevin, you and I had talked and, and predicted that the LA Galaxy would not have any of their three goalkeepers who played during the season uh, come back in, in this year. And Brian Rowe was the last one. Clement Diop to Montreal, uh, and then you had John Kempen to Columbus, um, and now you have uh, now you have Brian Rowe to the Vancouver Whitecaps, and and by all accounts, you know Brian Rowe was the the most valuable out of anybody they've traded so far for a second round 2018 draft pick. Uh, there may be actually be a player that you can pick up there. You know what? You, when you look at that though, there's a couple things that jump out. Um, none of those guys really established themselves last year. Uh, I think we can all agree on that, but. These other teams saw value in these guys. Did they see something the Galaxy did not see? Do they think that perhaps with different kind of training or different kind of, uh, of philosophy, however teams they play defensively, that these guys can succeed? I mean, I, I don't imagine these teams took these guys uh, as trialists. I mean, I think we know what they can do. Um, but these other teams definitely saw something in them. And another thing, the Brian Rowe move to Vancouver, that definitely means that there's a house for sale in Westchester right now. Yeah, I was going to say, we talked about Brian Rowe. Uh, the LA Times did a did a feature story, or not a feature story, but at least an article in the real estate section about Brian Rowe getting a house. And uh, now, it, now it looks like that's going away. That's It's just a tough break for, for Brian Rowe. You know, I think I spoke to somebody... Uh, you know, off to the side about Brian Rowan, what happened to him in, in 2017, and, and somebody said, you know, it looks like they just broke him, that they just ruined him, um, and that he probably wasn't going to be any use to the LA Galaxy anymore, and so he may go on to have a very good career with other teams, maybe Vancouver or something else, but that with the LA Galaxy, and a lot maybe like Giassi's artists, maybe a change in scenery is what is needed to sort of rebuild the player and, and keep things going, so with Brian Rowe, not a uh, not a big surprise that he's not sticking around. But at the current time, that left the LA Galaxy with exactly zero keepers, uh, which wasn't again a surprise because they had released the options on all three of those guys. So it wasn't like it was a big surprise that Brian Rowe went anywhere. But then the LA Galaxy and announced today, and it was something that Jeff Carlisle uh, from ESPN had sort of the uh, the front run on and and broke the news that the LA Galaxy were interested. Uh, for the rights to David Bingham, San Jose Earthquakes goalkeeper. Um, and today the LA Galaxy at least announced part of this trade. And let's be very clear about this because I don't want people to get com- be confused and I don't want people to read other articles that maybe didn't get this right. But the LA Galaxy have not signed David Bingham as a goalkeeper. The LA Galaxy right now have traded the San Jose Earthquakes for the rights to David Bingham, and so the right of first refusal to be able to sign David Bingham, all right? In in return, the San Jose Earthquakes got $100,000 in general allocation money and $100,000 in targeted allocation money, all right? So that is what you have right now with David Bingham. Here is the very interesting part about this, and I went out and tweeted, and I said, Kevin, there's no way the LA Galaxy trade for his rights if they don't already have a deal put in place. And it seems like that is the general understanding from people, at least around the club, that it feels like there's a deal in place and that something's going to happen and that an announcement might, might happen later this week. That is the general feeling on most of these things. However, I will tell you there is a tweet out there by a very good source, uh, Sam Steschkul. I'm sure I'm screw- screwing that up. Uh, but Sam comes out and he says, uh, source, 
though the Galaxy now hold his MLS rights, not yet a done deal that David Bingham signs with L.A. Still looking at everything, including potential options in Europe. So, uh, this is nothing new in terms of trading for the rights. Every time Jack McBean got traded, uh, whenever Brian Rowe got traded, whenever John Kempen got traded, each time it was traded for the rights to acquire that player. All right, and then, but then, did, did, then those players immediately signed, and there was a release saying that those players had signed. Right, yeah, you got it from Colorado, and you got it from Columbus. I don't know if Vancouver did the same thing, um, but I think they did uh, with Brian Rowe. Um, so you had Jack McBean already has you know a picture of him in a Colorado Rapids jersey up on the site. So it's it's that quick. Um, so now the fact that there isn't an announcement by the LA Galaxy, and watch they'll announce it on Tuesday morning, Kevin, and this will be all of our, all of this worry we're throwing out there will be will be uh, Ixnade will be tossed to the side. But at the same time, I want to put out there that without the announcement of a signing, this deal is not done, um, and that's just one of those things. It could be one of the first missteps of the LA Galaxy's offseason, but. I will tell you right now that I currently have enough faith in Siggy Schmidt and Kurt Schmidt that they didn't do this without knowing that uh, David Bingham was coming in. And you throw in all that, Kevin, with the fact that uh, that Dominic Kinnear is an assistant coach and was coaching Bingham and had Bingham as his starting keeper basically for the last three years um, until this last year when, when Bingham lost his starting spot. Uh, it, it sort of just leads me to believe all, everything lines up to really put Bingham it looks like in goal for the LA Galaxy in 2018. Um, I, I, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, the, the, the Dominic Kinnear angle is interesting because, again, we talked about Osted in, in Vancouver. Ziggy knew him, saw him, was comfortable having him as a starting goalkeeper. That fell through. So then, rather than go and say, okay, who's the maybe the best goalkeeper out there? Who else can we get? They went to another guy that the coaching staff was familiar with. And I think this is a good look. I think these two coaches, Ziggy and Dominic Kinnear, are bringing in guys they know, guys that they understand, guys they know to be good locker room people, uh, people they're comfortable with. Uh, I, I think that's a, a good sign. I, I, you know, another guy I think we may very well see a favorite of Ziggy's in Columbus and then Seattle, Brad Evans. He could be coming uh, down to the Galaxy to – provide some leadership uh, on the field, but they're probably more in the locker room. So I, I like the fact that these guys are going for people they're comfortable with because you can have the most talented team in the world. And, and go back and look at the 2007-2008 Galaxy with, with uh, Landon Donovan and David Beckham. You know, and on paper, that was a great team. The guys didn't mesh. You know, no one was comfortable with, uh, with their teammates. So I, I think uh, this is a good sign if you're a Galaxy fan that the coaching staff is thinking about these things bringing in character players and players that they're comfortable with. Uh, but also, guys, I mean, you know, uh, um, Bingham is a former U.S. national team goalkeeper. Yeah, he had kind of a rough season last year, but he's definitely a quality player. He's only 28. Yeah, he's, he's 28 years old. He started every game in 2015, every game in 2016, and started 23 games here in uh, in 2017. And I went ahead and calculated his goals against average. In 2017, it was 1.52, um, which I think would make him the best keeper on the LA Galaxy from uh, from last year. Uh, not by a whole didn't say much. Yeah, I was going to say not saying much, but at the same time, not by a whole bunch either. Um, and then his overall career goals against average is 1.24. So uh, you could say that with a revamped uh, defense in front of him, perhaps he could get down there. He had seven shutouts, I believe, last year as well, something the LA Galaxy could obviously use some uh, some help with. So that's where you sort of sit with David Be- uh, David. I was going to say David Be- Beckham, David Bingham. 
Um, I'm sure that's not the last time. But, I mean, it, it's interesting, Kevin. It's a former San Jose Earthquakes player. Uh, I know there's some fans who are not exactly thrilled by the fact that they that David Bingham, a, a Earthquakes guy, is going to come down to the LA Galaxy, and some people are even saying that they don't want to root for him for that reason. Well, I mean, he's coming here to help the Galaxy. Um, you know, the fans a lot of times root for the laundry. They root for the shirt. Uh, the players try to perform the best they can, and they're actually playing for a paycheck. So, Whatever team is going to pay David Bingham, that's where he's going to go play. You know, that being, you got to kind of appreciate Jackie Robinson way back in the day. Uh, I did not see him play. I know people try to date me on the show. I did not see Jackie Robinson play, but when he was traded from the Dodgers to the Giants, he actually retired rather than wear a Giants uniform. I don't expect to see that from David Bingham. I think he'll come down here, and I think he'll do a good job. And if he does, I'm sure people will cheer for him, just as they did other players who were traded uh, to the Galaxy from San Jose, people like Landon Donovan and Alvin Gordon are two that come to mind. Yeah, Todd Donovan in there as well. There's been some that have gone back and forth, so uh, it is what it is. Uh, I would think that as long as they come out and they try, I think that's all that really matters for, for most fans, so I would say that that's probably a minority of people who are saying that they wouldn't root for David but, Bingham and, and do all that stuff. By yes. the way, speaking of that, I have the blonde-headed Landon Donovan San Jose Earthquake bobblehead. Yeah, you have you have the frosted tips uh, Landon Donovan bobblehead. I saw it in your office, and I'm jealous because that is the most ridiculous-looking <laughs> bobblehead. Well, that's not true. I have a David Beckham one that's currently in the studio right now that looks absolutely nothing like David Beckham at all. It's not even close. Unless it had... It, did, it says David Beckham on the bottom. If you didn't know it said David Beckham, you would have no idea who that was. You might think Alan Gordon, maybe. Maybe. I have no idea. So anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's beside the point. But anyway, so that's interesting news. Again, David Bingham, not done. Not a done deal. Um, I know there's people asking already, Kevin, you know, whether or not the LA Galaxy should continue to go after Osted if they can't get David Bingham. Um, or if even if they do get David Bingham, do they get Osted? I think it's one or the other right now. I don't think you're going to get both, but I'll be honest with you. If it's true that, that David Bingham is not a 100% lock to come to the LA Galaxy, you better still be working that Osted phone and figuring out how you can make it happen, figure out where the loophole is in MLS rules in order to get uh, you know uh, David Osted into the, uh, the LA Galaxy camp if you can't get Bingham. I don't know. It's a, well, it's a this, weird thing. This would be something that, that I would go back to that we talked about earlier, which when the Galaxy decided they were going to move all three goalkeepers or, or, or not retain their contracts, it was interesting because my thought was, why not hang on to one of them, whichever one you think is the best, if you can afford him. Maybe it would be Diop because his salary is the lowest uh, or is low, just in case. I mean, they left themselves with no insurance policy. If they don't get either one of these guys signed, they don't have a goalkeeper for next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's a little, in my mind, Kevin, it's a little bit of panicking before, you know, things are done, and I get it. They're going to have a goalkeeper. I don't know who it's going to be, but they will have somebody in goal. It's just like I guarantee that going into camp, they're going to have 22 players probably signed to the roster by the time they get, you know, the rest of these 35 days. And, it, and you know, the rest of those guys may just be competing uh, for spots throughout the, uh, the, the rest of the team. You know, they're going to have another 10 or 15 guys that are competing for those last spots. It doesn't really... I know they're going to get players. It's more the quality of players and what you're going to get. So I know they're going to have a goalkeeper. They're going to have one. It's just, are they going to either of those going to be anywhere near 
um, you know, the sort of the talent level of Bingham or Osted, because I think in, in terms of what both of those guys bring, it would be, you know, a plus or an advantage. Uh, it would be an upgrade from what it was in the 2017 season. So I like both of those moves. I like Bingham maybe a little bit more than Osted. Um, I like the domestic player angle on this. The LA Galaxy have more than enough internationals. They can't fill every spot on the starting lineup with an international, Kevin. So eventually you're going to have to have domestic players. And Bingham, in my mind, for not too much money, because if we talk about $100,000 in general allocation and $100,000 in TAM, that's like not that much money, in my opinion, to get David Bingham to the LA Galaxy. I like that move. Um, I still really like Osted as well. Um, but for me, if this Bingham deal goes through, I think this is a good, solid signing for the LA Galaxy. Um, and I think it helps sort of shore that up. That doesn't mean, Kevin, by the way, they don't still have a, an, an open roster spot for at least one or possibly two more goalies. So they're still going to have to get some keepers. And, and I'm a well-known uh, fan. I'm going to go out on, a, out on a limb here and say that Brian Rowe has a really good season this year. He's going to a very good team. He's going back to Cascadia. He's originally from Portland. Um, as you said, getting sort of clear of the galaxy and all the mind games they tried to play with him last season. Uh, I just think this is going to be a good fit. I still think he's a good goalkeeper, and I think he's going to have a really bounce-back season. But, but you're probably right. Even, even assuming now, let's just assume that that's true, that uh, Brian Rowe has a good season next year, he probably wouldn't have the same season in L.A. I think going back to Cascadia uh, and getting away from the situation in LA is going to be good for him. That doesn't help the Galaxy, though. You're right. They still need, like I was saying at the top of the program, somebody has to be in goal. Otherwise, you give up a lot of uh, a lot of goals. Yeah, that that seems to be the case. All right, let's move on now away from uh, David Bingham and the goalkeeper saga. Uh, it looked like the LA Galaxy finally got a goalkeeper. Maybe not so yet, but uh, we'll keep you updated. If you go to cornerofthegalaxy.com, you can find what I think is the most useful off-season tracker that has ever been made, Kevin. It is, it is detailed, it has draft updates, it has transactions and new signings and the trade trackers, that way you can figure out what the LA Galaxy traded and what they got in return. And then my favorite section, actually it's the section I hate the most, if, you, if I'm being quite honest, my, my favorite section to hate is the rumors section, where I go and I list ridiculous rumors and then tell you whether or not they have any validity in my mind. Uh, and some of these you can even sort of confirm and say that not only is there validity in my mind, but people are actually talking about these and going. So let's try, run down some of these rumors, and some we have talked about, some we have not talked about, but let's go over some of these interesting ones right now. Now, this rumor, the Giassi's artist of the Columbus crew, is, is an interesting one because it was first sort of reported or, or, or announced by Stephen Goff, and now it, it sort of there hasn't been a whole bunch about it. I still think there is a lot of validity to Giassi's artists not being with the LA Galaxy whenever they go into the 2018 season. In fact, if I was a betting man, I would put it at over 50% possibility that Giassi's artist is not back with the Galaxy next year, which is interesting because he is, of course, a, a much sort of championed homegrown hero. Uh, he has all sorts of uh, different murals painted all over Los Angeles uh, with him in it, and, and he's sort of that community champion that the LA Galaxy love to put out there. Now, there's not too much on this. There hasn't been any progression on it, and so I wouldn't want to continue to say that it's imminent, but at the same time, it hasn't been denied, and it's still sort of out there, and of course, uh, Stephen Goff is, is one of the soccer gods uh, in terms of reporting things. So if Goff says it, you can pretty much count on it. Uh, so Giassi's artist to Columbus crew, does that still make sense to you, Kevin? Do you still see something, or or maybe not Columbus, but somewhere else? Well, I, I do think Giassi, like 
Brian Rowe needs a change of scenery. And that one makes sense because my understanding is that uh, Columbus definitely needs a forward. So, um, and, and that's where Giassi going to play. That little experiment of having him play on the back line, that's not going to continue. Uh, Giassi doesn't want it to, and I don't think that's where his talent lies. So, yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, and, you know, from the money perspective, I think Columbus can afford him. Um, you know, they need a player uh, when Giassi is right uh, that can do the things he can do. You brought up the home ground hero thing, too. And when I was thinking about that, who was the guy that had that mantle before? I know Giassi's been doing a lot of community service, and, uh, and it's really stellar stuff. But A.J. De La Garza was the guy that, uh, that had that award before Giassi did, and that didn't stop the Galaxy from trading him. So I don't think we're going to see uh, you know, a whole lot of uh, um, concern about what he does in the community if, if the Galaxy can trade him and get something in return. Well, I like to rank these sort of in terms of how much heat is behind them, and I'll say this one is warm right now. I sort of do cold, lukewarm, warm, very warm, hot, very hot, and then, you know, basically confirmed, um, and we'll go through but, that. But we, yeah. we knew they were shopping him for yes. a long time. I mean, uh, uh, almost all of last season. Yeah, it's, um, it seems that way, and, and, and I agree with that. Yeah, we know that. So it's, it's perfectly plausible that he goes now, um, and it seems like Columbus is a good fit for him, but I could see him going other places as well. But we can even stay with Columbus... And one of the rumors that came out from uh, Jeff Reuter, and Jeff was saying that basically forward Ola Kamara might be coming to the LA Galaxy. Now, this is a really interesting one, trying to rebuild within the league. I like that idea. Um, Kamara was a very good player in 2017. Um, I don't, you know, maybe his, his wages are sort of starting to outpace what Columbus thinks that they can play him or keep him. Or maybe Columbus is looking to make a good return on investment and sign somebody like Jossie's artist or sign some other players because Columbus slash Austin, and I hate to say that, but at the same time, uh, it's true. Columbus slash Austin is sort of one of those value markets where when they have somebody that they can turn and make and create some value from, they're going to go ahead and move that person. So Ola Kamara to the LA Galaxy, still warm. Again, the LA Galaxy, the one position of need, Kevin, that has not been addressed, at least in the rumors, as much as I think lots of LA Galaxy fans would like, and actually a little bit to my surprise, is that striker position. Ola Kamara is one of those options there for that position and uh, could possibly be with the LA Galaxy coming well, up. So. What about a straight-up trade? Kamara for Giassi's artist. Does that work? Can that be done? Can that happen? It can, but you would have to value Kamara at the same value as Zardas, and in my opinion... Zardis is probably below that value of Kamara's right now. Kamara had a good 2017. Jossie Zardis yeah, scored, I think, a single goal. Um, maybe he had and, to. And that's kind of why I was saying that I think Columbus needs a forward because I think in their mind, uh, in their organization's mind, Kamara's already moved on. I mean, I think they are trying to construct a team right now without him, and perhaps that's why the, the Zardis deal hasn't been done yet. Perhaps they need to... to, to move Kamara to, to create a, a both a space in the lineup and a space in, in the salary cap, you know, for all that to happen. But, it, it, you know, you are hearing a lot of heat on both those things. I think in the case of Jesse's artists, um, you know, you look at his production and it's gone down every year, uh, you know, from that one big season he had his first full season with the Galaxy. But you watch him play and you watch him train and you realize a lot of the skills are still there. So what is missing? He had a lot of success at the end of the year, at least in training, working with Dominic Kinnear. He loved working with Dominic Kinnear. He said that Dominic was showing him some drills that he had never done before, and I kind of expected to see a little bit of a breakout. It didn't happen, and I think he may be in Brian Rowe territory now where the kind of feeling like I've done everything, I can't make these guys happy, 
um, it's just not working here. I'd like to go somewhere else. Yeah, it makes sense. So both, uh, I, I would say that both Giassi's artists to Columbus and then Ola Kamara from Columbus to the LA Galaxy, I would say both of those are in the warm section right now. Uh, and with any sort of whiff of news, those could move into very warm or hot very quickly. So we'll sort of look at that. But another striker, another forward possibility and one that we have talked about before, but I just want to go over it, is Robin Van Persie to the LA Galaxy. Uh, he's currently playing in Turkey. Uh, he's not playing because he's coming off an injury. He is 34 years old and really, I, I mean, in recent years has not played a whole bunch of football. Um, it's interesting to sort of take a look at that and, and whether or not he's even thinking about coming to the LA Galaxy or is it LAFC because there's certainly a source that says he's talking to both teams. Uh, this one is a little bit of a stretch for me, although I have been having some conversations with some people where we were talking, Kevin, about taking a gamble on somebody like this. And if you're the LA Galaxy in 2018, you have to gamble and be successful at at least a couple gambles. And so you could probably get Robin Van Persie for a bargain basement price. I'm guessing $1.5 million might actually be able to do it because he's, that would be the max you could sign him under the targeted allocation money thing. Would you do it for a guy who has been injured? Are you willing to take a gamble on a striker who could come into Major League Soccer and really dominate if he could stay healthy? Um, this is one of those that I currently have listed as cold because I just don't feel like the LA Galaxy think that they need to gamble in 2018 and they're trying to sort of build a base. But if they're going to be really successful in my mind, Kevin, they have to go out and roll the dice on a couple of these. Well, they'd have to do it the way that uh, Bruce Arena was able to get Ashley Cole and Nigel Dion, which basically is have, uh, have Robin Ventures' uh, contract bought out in Turkey, have that money go into his bank account and then allow... Ziggy to say, hey, look, we're paying you $1.5 million, but you're really making $4 million next year. If we were able to cobble something like that together that would be attractive to Robin Van Persie, I think he'd much rather come here to finish his career than finish sitting on the bench in Turkey. Um, whether he fits the Galaxy's needs, you know, one of the things is, he's, he, for most of his career, he's been a poacher, a guy that kind of hangs out in front of the net and scores on a lot of rebounds and stuff. He's not necessarily the kind of playmaker and creator um, that the Galaxy really need. But if you believe that the Galaxy are going to get the ball forward enough for uh, a poacher to become, uh, you know, a valuable asset, then Robin Van Persie, I mean, at 34, he doesn't have to run much if he's just going to stand in front of the net most of the game. So, uh, like you said, they have to gamble. They have to, to, to try something new. We know the whole youth movement is over. It, uh, you know, lasted less than a season. So, um, and Ziggy likes veterans. So there's a lot of reasons to like this and a lot of reasons to think that it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I still have it listed as cold. It sort of was, was heating up for a little bit there, and then it disappeared. So I'm not sure it's even still in play. I'm not sure if the LA Galaxy are interested. And you and I have sort of had a, a lot of experience asking the LA Galaxy if they're interested in, in certain big-name players here or there. And uh, usually their answer is, well, they're always interested. Um, so it's tough yeah. to sort of decipher some of these. So sometimes it's not worth it to ask. Sometimes you have to ask and try to decipher the answer whenever it comes back to you as well. Um, let's move on. I, I heard yeah. they're interested in both Messi and Ronaldo. I've, he I've heard that as well. Big surprise, right? Yeah. I, I know. I know. That's sort of that. Sometimes people don't understand what what I think you and I have to do just to even get like, you know, basic stories correct. And it's not just the LA Galaxy, but any sources that you talk to as well. It's a long, played-out process, and you basically have to go in with guns blazing if you're going to be able to get you know a really good answer from the club that you can actually use. So you better be right. 
Would Gio give up the number ten for Messi? Maybe, maybe that's the hangup. Maybe that's why he's not here yet. That, that's clear. I think that's what it is exactly. Uh, let's see, Miguel Ibarra to the LA Galaxy from Minnesota United. Uh, Miguel Ibarra lost his starting spot for Minnesota United, uh, and now it seems the Galaxy and Siggy Schmidt and Schmidt apparently tried to get him uh, whenever he was in Seattle as well. So this is nothing new. Um, for for Siggy Schmidt, he he apparently likes Miguel Ibarra. Um, this is a place that, in, in at least in my mind, um, the LA Galaxy might already have enough players, but maybe this is a depth signing. Uh, maybe this is an idea. I don't know. This one is at least warm, and I will leave it at warm because I think there's a possibility. The numbers aren't huge in terms of what it would take to probably get them, um, although Minnesota United seems like maybe they want to hold on to him, or at least they're pretending like they want to hold on to him. Um, and so we'll see if uh, if that's any case. But he's an attacking player, um, a guy who could possibly fit into some starting lineup roles, uh, depending on how you want to line up your starting lineup. So Miguel Ibarra to the LA Galaxy right now, at least a warm rumor, and there's not much to it right now. Um, but it's something that could escalate quickly in my mind. So we'll, we'll, well let, yeah. Let me jump in on that because it's interesting. This is another guy that Ziggy knows that Ziggy likes, um, you know, and again, you know, Ostad, I'm going to say that he knows and likes him because they talked to him so much. And he was the first goalkeeper he went after. Then we know that David Bingham you know, has a relationship with Dominic Kinnear, again, coaching staff. Uh, I totally expect Brad Evans, to, his name's going to come up at some point. We know that at the end of last season that the Galaxy locker room was not a happy locker room, and we know that the firing of Kudanoffel was not popular among many of the players, probably the majority of the players, and we know that Ziggy was not um, the first choice of a lot of players. Let's just put it that way. He wasn't the the most popular coach uh, with a lot of the players. So if you believe all that, and I believe that to be true, because uh, I've heard it from many people inside the locker room. So if you believe that to be true, and then you look at all the people, all the Ziggy, quote, Ziggy people that, that Ziggy Schmidt's gone out to get, I wonder if part of this, again, is constructing a locker room. And, and it, that, that's a very important, delicate thing. And, and there's two things I think you do when you construct a locker room. You try to get leaders and quality people and character people together to, keep, to, to help you through those, those bad patches that every team has and to keep everybody on the same page and, to make sure that personalities don't get control of that locker room. But you also do it to, to have a base of support if you're a coach. You want the guys in the locker room to like you and to, uh, if not like you, to at least believe you and have confidence in you and your skills and your philosophies. It seems like if all these things that we're talking about are true, it seems like he's going out there to look for, uh, for people that are going to support him and, and have his back. Um, and that might be, again, a thing to watch going forward. How many of these, these Ziggy Eastas come into the team and what role do they play in trying to mold the locker room dynamics so that Ziggy uh, you know, can impart his wisdom and, his, comp- and his, his style of play and the things that he needs to do and apparently wasn't able to do at the end of last season. Yeah, I mean, it's like anybody who builds a team or, or even in an office, Kevin, you, you tend to want your guys. If you come in and you take over, a lot of times you get rid of the guys who were there before that weren't your guys and you bring in your guys because, you know, you feel like you, you sort of have those, the, like once they're, you picked them, you feel like they're more linked to you than anybody else. I mean, with a lot of the players on uh, on the Galaxy last year, there was no link to Siggy Schmidt, but there was a lot of links to Curtin Alfo, and you could understand why they would be so, um, you know, sort of steadfast in supporting him um, throughout all of that. So it, it makes some sense that you do get rid of a bunch of the team. Granted, 
I don't disagree with Siggy Schmidt's move of you know declining however many options and only having 13 players and now I guess 14 players on the roster overall. Um, it still made sense, but at the same time, it's it's sort of two birds with one stone in, in terms of you're getting quality players, you're getting the veteran leaders that you need, and you're also getting Siggy's guys. I, I'm with you 100% on that, and it makes a lot of sense why you would want to remake the locker room. And, you know, it's going to be a different, totally different locker room. There is no link to those championship teams for the LA Galaxy anymore. So it's sort of a, a, a rebirth or, or the birth of a new galaxy. How about that? Was that, a good, was that sort of like uh, uh, enough sci-fi fiction-y enough to, to maybe warrant a T-shirt sometime? That's good, too. And we can uh, at some point trans- transition into what the starting back line may look like and, and whether a couple of Ziggy, uh, what a couple of Kurt Anopos, uh, players or players who came up under Kurt whether they may uh, be heading to the bench after what I think both of us agree were great seasons. Yeah, very good seasons at least. I don't want to throw great, but very good seasons, absolutely. Let's uh, let's finish with the rumor tracker because it's going to get us into a defender here in a second. But I want us to talk about Pato um, because Jonathan Dos Santos said basically in an Instagram story, I will wait for you at the LA Galaxy, and he tagged Pato, and it was a picture of two of them playing at Villarreal. Uh, Villarreal together, and so they're there, and that's great. And then everybody flips out and says, "Oh, is Pato coming?" Because Pato follows the LA Galaxy on social media, and he replies to, to, to uh, like posts that the LA Galaxy make. And everybody, this is the most annoying story that I think I have ever had to cover. Because I'm telling you right now, there doesn't seem to be any truth to any of these rumors. Pato currently playing in China. Um, he probably wants to stay in China. All those things make sense to me. I, I'm sure he's enjoying the money in China. Um, could he come to the LA Galaxy? Sure. Is he coming right now? No, I don't think so. Give this rumor a lukewarm, and granted, he would be an attacking player, and I know there's lots of people who you know sort of get all excited and tingly about the fact that, but I, I've had too many people tell me he's a lot like Giovanni Dos Santos in terms of motivation and whether or not he is motivated enough to even play in Major League Soccer, whether he's motivated to play in China right now. Um, so, you know, I can be very pessimistic on this one. Lukewarm to cold on this rumor, and if nobody asks me about Pato in, in any particular, like in the next couple of weeks, I'll be a very happy camper through Christmas and stuff. So, Well, yeah. I, I think lukewarm is too hot. I, I think you take this one and you put it in the refrigerator right alongside the Sporting Kansas City will never trade Dom Dwyer to Orlando City. <laughs> So you put it in a refrigerator, but I will say that when the Jonathan Dos Santos thing first came up and then it died, the one guy that kept it alive and they kept talking about it was uh, Giovanni Dos Santos. And he obviously knew what his brother was thinking and doing and what the agents were talking about, but he never let it go. He was always talking about it as if it were just a matter of time. And he turned out obviously to be right. So, if, if he's out there on social media and talking about it and acting as if it's only a matter of time, uh, you know, it could be just a little bit, you know, a couple of guys playing with each other. But um, after we saw what happened with the Jonathan Dos Santos story, I'm going to give Gio a little bit of credence on this, that perhaps he knows something that doesn't make sense right now, but may make sense on the road. Yeah, that you gave that rumor way, way too much validity in my mind. You're dr- now you're going to give people hope, and they're going to continue asking me about it, and I don't want. I don't care. Stop tagging me in the pato posts. I don't care anymore. All right, this is it. Doesn't work for me. Anyway, onward to our last 
rumor that we have out right there, and I will tell you, this one is warm to very warm right now. This one makes a ton of sense for me, at least in my mind, and that is defender Rolf Felcher from Cardiff City. This is a, uh, a guy who was born in Switzerland, played in the Switzerland U19 and U21 squads, but actually has 16 caps for Venezuela. Um, he is not getting any playing time right now at Cardiff City. He is 27 years old. It sort of fits in that perfect... Uh, you know, age group in terms of if you're going to bring a defender in and a guy who could possibly replace Pele von Anholt, uh, you're looking at this guy, defender Rolf Flesher. Um, it seems like it's a possibility for me, Kevin. I don't think the money would be outrageous, especially for somebody who's not playing in the championship right now. Yeah, and it would be a good move. Like you said, the age, um, you know, he waits another year or two for a, a chance to play at Cardiff City, um, and you know his career may be over. Um, if he makes a move here and, and plays well, maybe he can extend that career for quite some time. But, you know, a lot of English teams are not going to look for, uh, you know, 31-year-old substitutes to come off the bench and play a little bit on the back line. So he comes here, and, and maybe he, pro he proves something to the people back in England as well. So it, it's a no-lose situation for him, to, and for the Galaxy – it could be a real win-win depending on how much money he asks for. Yeah, and, and here's the part that I even left out and I almost forgot about it. His, his contract literally expires with Cardiff City in January. So I heard January 11th. So he has no contract. This is a free transfer for the LA Galaxy if this all pans out the way it is. Free transfer, bring him over, Thank you very much. Plug them into right back. This, to me, makes a ton of sense. I would say warm to very warm, and I have a feeling this one will get hotter if it is indeed a real uh, rumor. But in a lot of cases, you have to just sort of, uh, Kevin, you have to sort of say, hey, does this make sense or not? And in this, in, at least in this case for me, uh, this one seems to make a lot of sense right now that, that Rolf uh, Felcher could be on his way over to uh, the LA Galaxy, especially with that expiring contract. You, you mentioned January, you know, the transfer window is going to open soon and the galaxy, you know, they're talking about some goalkeepers that, you know, we've talked about some moves they could possibly be thinking about making. They still have a lot of roster spots to fill. I don't know how much they are sitting on some cash. They got the TAM money. They had the money from the Paul Areola trade last year. They do have a little bit of money. Um, they have a lot of roster spots to fill. We know that they don't, the whole youth movement thing is dead. Um, so I don't expect to see half the roster, filled with USL players this year. I, I think the Galaxy will be really active uh, in the, the transfer window, although Ziggy did say that he was players that will be in camp when camp opens. Yes. Um, so that may be a little bit of a hindrance, although if, if they can get a player that really fills a need for them, whether he's there the first day of camp or the fifth day of camp, may not be that big a deal. Well, you, you now look at, and, and let's talk about youth real quick, and then we'll go back to the defenders and the starting lineups, at least in the back, as possibly it could be. Um, Ari Lasseter right now, if you saw a picture of him in uh, Alualense Red uh, down in Co Costa Rica, Ari Lasseter is doing an off-season training stint with Alualense. Uh, and that's Bruce Bourne, by the way, right? Yep, that's right. He's a native Costa yeah. Rican, so it makes a lot of sense that he's there. Off-season training stint, I've confirmed that, um, and so I wouldn't expect anything. He's not going anywhere, but, you know, some good, uh, some good training time in the offseason for Lasseter, so that's good. Now let's go back to uh, Jorgen Schielvik, all right, and I'll continue to try to tone, hone in on the actual pronunciation of that last name as we go. But uh, Jorgen Schielvik is, is obviously coming to the LA Galaxy. Um, that's news that I was fortunate enough to break for everybody, and so he's coming. This is interesting, Kevin. We get into it. If you put, uh, you know, Felscher in this as well, 
Um, if Felcher's coming in and he's going to play the right back, if you have Siani and you have um, Shielvik playing in the center back, then that leaves a left back position open for either Ashley Cole or for Dave Romney. Um, or is Shielvik coming in to play left back and you're going to have Daniel Starez or Dave Romney in there? And as you and I were saying, guys who had very good seasons, I think, in 2017 for the Galaxy. You know, is it time? Is this going to be sort of how Ashley Cole goes out? I'll be honest. The longer this goes for me, Kevin, without sort of an announcement that Ashley Cole is coming back to the LA Galaxy, the more I tend to think that Ashley Cole isn't coming back. Yeah, and, and the player you just talked about, I'm not even going to try to say his name because you know how, what luck I've had with yeah, names. Just call him uh, Jorgen. names. Just get yours. Jorgen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eric Jorgen um, is primarily a left back. That's where he's played most of his career. He can play center back. Uh, when I heard that they had signed him and that he was primarily a left back and that's where he prefers to play, my first thought was, well, that's the end of the Ashley Cole thing. I, like you, have not heard since the end of the season, since Ashley told me he wanted to come back, I have not heard any encouraging news on that front. And the Galaxy, again, refused to say which way they're leaning one way or the other. But there's a lot of moving parts to this. Um, we've seen some depth charts that list uh, Siani and Air Jorgen as the starting center backs. Uh, and, and so that would seem to, to sideline Steris and, and Romney, especially if Ashley Cole does come back. And you wonder about that. A couple of things. Uh, you know, uh, Steris did have the injuries at the end of the season. I wonder um, if the Galaxy are a little bit concerned about that. Remember, Robbie Rogers did not recover a pace that they thought he would. Um, uh, both of those guys are guys that came up under um, Kurt Anolfo. Um I don't know that they were – I wasn't in the locker room all that much. I don't know if they were vocal um, – Olafistas, or if they, uh, they they both seem to go along and and uh, and do what Ziggy wanted them to do. I wonder if there's a little bit of a concern there. I, I worry about Dave Romney too. If here's a guy that played all four positions in the back line, and if they all of a sudden decide, hey, here's a guy that doesn't really have a position or isn't a starter. Well, the reason he doesn't have a position and isn't a, a lead pipe starter is because you, the coaching staff, the Galaxy, moved him around to fit to fill needs. That would seem to be unfair to me if he loses what uh, he's probably earned as a start, starting spot because they they don't like him at any one position. He's sort of a master, uh, you know, jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. That, that seems a little unfair to me. Um, the good side of this is they're paying attention to the back line. If you remember last season, the Galaxy started the season with a, uh, a right back who was actually a midfielder. So now at least they have bodies. It's just a matter of, you know, they have about five, six, seven guys that, that could start for sure. Um, on that back line, that's a good position to be in. But I would just like to see Dave Romney and Daniel Steris, I think, rewarded for uh, what I think in the case of Romney has been a selfless attitude to play wherever he's needed. And, and for Daniel Steris, um, you know, to be that, that, uh, that strong center back that I think he was at, at most times last season. Yeah, he's still a young guy. He still remembers only his, last season was only his second full season in MLS. So, uh, there's still a few growing pains, but I think he's a guy that you can build around going forward. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. All right, so that's all our rumors. That's all of our our stuff we wanted to talk about. I want to get to now, Kevin. 
I want to definitely get into some listener questions and we get some rapid fire listener questions as Kevin continues his commute home and apparently is making a turn right now. I guess that with the I turn- am. Oh, I turned that <laughs> turn signal off. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. But it doesn't just- work in California anyway. If you turn the turn signal on, people then move up behind you to block you. Yeah, no, it absolutely it does because I, I think I do that too. So no, if you ever see me driving around with the corner of the galaxy.com uh, license plate frame around there, uh, I'll probably cut you off if you put on the turn signal as well. So yeah, it makes some sense. Let's get to some listener questions. Uh, let's go quickly to, uh, and let's do a little rapid fire. We won't be super in depth here, Kevin, unless we absolutely have to, but I got a bunch of them I want to get through. So at Johnny D gray, Johnny gray says, are the LA galaxy's best days behind them? If not, why not? If so, is anyone at AG going to change that or should they sell and give new owners a chance? Kevin, go for it. Rapid fire. No, no, (laughs) no. Is that too rapid fire? <laughs> no to everything. Thank you very much, everybody. We yeah. appreciate you listening tonight. All right. Yeah, yeah. a little bit too too, too brief. Do okay. Go ahead. Try try no, again. They're, they're best, I don't believe their best days are behind them, and I don't believe they, they're going to sell. I do believe, uh, not confirmed by anybody, but just looking at the way things have developed, I do believe that they are retrenching. I do believe they're trying to balance the budget. Uh, despite what you've read about how valuable Forbes magazine thinks the Galaxy are, they did lose approximately five to six million dollars last year and they and, and that's with cutting the salaries or the year before excuse me and that was with cutting salaries so i think what they're trying to do is retrench a little bit stop the bleeding and i expect them to get active again uh and maybe not this season but but soon i don't think they're done um i, I don't think they're going to sell bill Anschutz, his name is on the mls cup he is totally waiting for this league uh i don't think he's going anywhere um i would not be surprised to see one more lean season, not like last season, but but maybe something where they're not pushing for a supporter shield. But I, I, I don't think the best days are behind there. And, and a lot of people talk about how they're going to do the first season with LAFC and, and they picked a bad time to go south. But I think that rivalry is going to renew the Galaxy perhaps more than people think. If all the focus has been on LAFC, I think the Galaxy are not going to be happy if they wind up being the second team in town. And I think that's when all of a sudden, uh, the guns come out of the holsters and we go back again. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you this, and let me put a little bit different perspective on it, Kevin, and you and I had a conversation with somebody who sort of laid it out to us like this, that Phil Anschutz wasn't exactly saying, hey, you know, we need to cut costs, but he certainly was saying, hey, you guys maybe got a little bit lazy in the last couple of years whenever you had, you know, $9 million worth of salary sitting on the bench in the playoffs with Robbie Keane and Steven Gerrard. And so it was a little bit of a, hey, stop being lazy, and maybe you have to do things the hard way instead of just trying to go out and buy big names that then don't perform and waste a whole bunch of money. Maybe that was, maybe that's a better way to look at it, or at least the way somebody else was looking at it. So sort of take that in mind whenever you're looking at what the LA Galaxy are doing and whether or not they were lazy to begin with, um, whether they were lazy you know, in, in the last years with Bruce Arena, and whether they were even lazy last year uh, with some of the things they did. So just that's at least my, my small, let's look at it from a different perspective thing instead of just saying it was straight up cost cutting, but I, I will back up Kevin uh, saying five to six million dollar loss instead of a nine million dollar operating gain um, sounds about right in my mind as well. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. Uh, this is from at Brewcat, and uh, his his Twitter thing says Justin likes Christmas. Justin, I like Christmas too. That's good. Uh, he says this is a very open ended question, but what role do you see Efren Alvarez playing within the organization? Strictly Los Dos or LA Galaxy two this season? Uh, I'll say this: um, I think that if Efren Alvarez does 
what they expect him to do at USL if he continues to progress, if he's clearly one of the best players on the field, as he has been at all the different levels within the organization, um, that I don't think there's any reason why you couldn't see him at some point up with the senior team, either training, either in U.S. Open Cup games, or getting some experience, and they're trying to do that to make sure that he understands what it's like to play at the MLS level. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him come up, but I also don't think that Siggy Schmidt's just going to throw the kid in there just because he's been hyped. Um, this is a kid who has a lot of promise. I think that they can do something with him, but they're not going to want to rush him into senior team if they don't think he's ready. If he is ready, if Mike Munoz down at LA Galaxy 2 thinks he's ready, then I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some limited appearances or a limited chance at getting some you know, one or two appearances here or there. That's sort of my, my take on Efren Alvarez. Anything you want to add to that, Kevin? Yeah, I think he's the one guy that may have benefited from the train wreck that was last year because there were some good players that Galaxy had high hopes for, guy, a guy like a Nathan Smith or a Bradley Diallo that were clearly rushed in because they had, with the injuries and, and the roster situation, the Galaxy had no choice. They had to play those guys, and it didn't pan out, and you know both those guys are gone now. And then you look at a guy like Jack McBean or Harry Lasseter or Bradford Jameson, guys that were talked about as being the next great thing, um, and... and Maybe in some cases they played a little bit too uh, a little bit too soon as well. So I, you know, I, I would expect that they're going to surround this guy and protect him and double wrap him and and make sure, as you said, he doesn't play until he's ready. Um, I, and so I don't expect to see a lot of playing time this this season, if if any playing time at all. I think they're going to make sure he is absolutely ready and not take a chance on on. As you said, he's had success at every level. The worst thing you could do is to run him out there. And then all of a sudden he doesn't have success at the highest level. And then the doubts enter his mind and said, maybe I'm just a really good USL player. I, I don't think he, he has that type of mindset, but you could see how that could happen. Maybe I'm, maybe I've, uh, you know, I maxed out at USL and I can't do this. Uh, and I don't think they want to put any of those doubts into his mind because he is definitely the star of the future. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. All right, this one's cool because this one has math involved. Uh, Brian writes in at Brizak on Twitter, and he says, which is lower, the number of open roster spots or the number of days until players report? Uh, let's see, open roster spots stand at about 16 right now, and there's 35 days until the LA Galaxy report. So see, I can actually do that math and, and do it. I'm sure that was more of a, a tongue-in-cheek request, but I answered it with real math just in case everybody wanted to do that. All right. Let's well, no, you, you didn't answer it with your math. You answered it with numbers. Well, which, with, which one which, what was the winner? I'm bad at math. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see. Which is lower, the number of open roster spots or the, the number of open roster spots is lower? Okay. Okay, Thank there you, you go. Thank okay, you. Yep, you're, if no a problem. train is going 50 miles an hour to the west and the smoke is going... Never mind. Yeah, exactly. That's that's basically what we just did. All right, uh, let's see. Um, going off of rumors, this is from Ryan at Ryan Calwave on Twitter. He says, going off of rumors, would you take Kamara, Pato? God, somebody asked about Pato again. I'm already getting angry. <laughs> uh, would you take Kamara, Pato, or prefer someone else in the striker role? Basically, you could say, was it Kamara, Pato, or RVP at this point? Um, and then the, he also goes on to say, uh, P.S., let's bring back Gordo as a role player. I, the ship has sailed on Alan Gordon. That's over with. We're, we're, we're done with. That's that's gone. No more. I, I, although I think I would take Alan Gordon right now. If, if you could promise me, Kevin, there would be no more Pato talk. So anyway, uh, Kamara, Pato, or RVP, uh, in my mind, or at least right now, I think the best option is Kamara. At least that's, I think, the sexiest option. Um, although RVP is the big risk. Um, and the big risk one would be uh, would be interesting as well. Oh, me too. I agree. I agree. I think Rob, Robbie Van Persie would be a fun to see him here, and I think it would 
uh, bring a little bit of that. You know, the Galaxy have always been the teams with the big name foreign players, and and that's worked and hasn't worked. You know, worked in the case of uh, uh, Robbie Keane, did not work in the case of Steven Gerrard. But that's what the Galaxy is. That's their M.O., and they really got away from that last year for uh, all good reasons. But it would be fun to see Robin Bev- Van Persie in the Galaxy. And if I might agree with you, I don't think it's going to happen. But, um, uh, and Kamara would be the wise choice. But if RVP came, it wouldn't be the worst thing either. And I think it would, re- again, return some of that luster and, and that big name uh, you know, uh, the gravitas that the galaxy have always had. Yeah. I, I will say, I will say this at least, uh, Kevin, it, it almost, if you go RVP way, I almost feel like I'm arguing that that's the galaxy being lazy again, but at the same time, I always argue for stars and championships. You need them both in, in Los Angeles in order to draw. And so I'm just, I'm, it, it's, I'm torn. I'm torn. I like the gamble. I like sort of have being a little ballsy with the RVP move and saying, hey, let's do it. But I, I, I definitely acknowledge the fact that failure is a real option with that. And if that happens, then, you know, I can see Galaxy fans being very, very disappointed and, and being very angry and all these other things. And why didn't you go to South America and blah, 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 all this other stuff. So I, I could definitely see that that going. And speaking of uh, international players, uh, at Mr. Underscore TP22, Thomas, he writes in and says, what's the status with international players? It looks like Roman, uh, he says, four Santos, which is uh, Dos Dos Santos's. Uh, you have Joao Pedro, you have Ashley Cole, Siani, and Jorgen. That leaves room for only one more. Um, if there are legs to the Felcher rumor, that's eight, and eight, that's pretty limiting if you go. So the LA Galaxy have eight international spots available. If they trade for any more, they could add additional ones. Uh, I think the real question right there, Kevin, is one, is Felcher one that is a realistic option, which we think it is, and it's Ashley Cole coming back, and I think we sort of talked about both of those things, but you do have to remember, a maximum of eight, unless the LA Galaxy trade for another international spot uh, in order to get nine, even though they had nine internationals last year, one was always injured enough or one was always loaned down to LA Galaxy 2 in order to make that happen. So uh, it is very limiting and it is one of those things where you can't just go out and buy all the international players. So seeing the the window open up, Kevin, as you were talking about, there aren't it's not like you can add seven international players to the roster and suddenly you're filling out the roster. Right, but there you know there are also some players playing internationally that are US citizens or that have green cards or or, right. or those kind of things. That would help a little bit. I, and I I I would Say that as you look at the map, and, and you're the map guy, as you look at the map there, I can count to eight but without using all of my toes. Um, as you look at the map, it, it just kind of makes, again, makes me think that um, I'd love to see Ashley Cole back, but it just I'm just getting this feeling that uh, it, it may be a lot more distant than we, than we think. Yeah, it, it very well could be. Um, Edward uh, at Ed Camp eighty seven says, "Do you think the Galaxy is looking for a forward within the league, or are they shopping overseas?" I think that you and I can reasonably say the answer is both, Kevin. Right? They they are looking at everybody. They have told us that many times. Everybody, including Cristiano They're Ronaldo. They're interested in everybody. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Including Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, you know, we should we should probably throw in one more thing about Ashley Cole. But there was some bad blood. I and I don't know how much we've talked about this on this show. I know you and I have talked about it personally, but. There is some bad blood, or there was some bad blood between Ashley Cole and the Galaxy. When he signed, my understanding is, and I have this from people who were in the room uh, talking about the contract, when he signed, the, the Galaxy signed him for 300000 uh, He got a lot of money when he left Roma. Um, he was relatively happy and, and could pay all of his bills. But the Galaxy said that um, here's your contract. If you have a good season and if we bring you back, there will be some more money for you. And, and the figure talked about was uh, over 100 and 
over $100,000, between $100,000 and $125,000. That was what the Galaxy said that they would give him. I don't know how they're going to give it to him, whether they're going to raise the salary, whether it's going to be a bonus. He didn't get it. Um, the Galaxy uh, did not, and Pete Bainas, my understanding, was, was one of the key guys on this, but the team, the Galaxy team, did not give him all the money that had been promised by the Bruce Arena administration. And um, as we played the season and didn't talk about it a lot, but he did at the end of the season, and he did say that he was unhappy, and he did say something in effect of, when you perform, you should be rewarded for that. And he believes that he performed for two seasons. So whether that's become a sticking point or not, I, I, I don't know whether Ashley is saying, I want my $125,000 before we talk about next season, or whether the Galaxy is just saying, look, you 300000 take it or leave it. But um, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it doesn't sound like a lot of money for a guy who's made millions. But um, I, when I talked to Ashley about it at the end of last season, uh, it wasn't so much the dollar signs, it was the principle involved. And I just wonder if he's still holding firm to that and whether that might be a problem too. Yeah, it's, a, it's interesting. That is, and, and not just bad blood. You talk about bad blood between, you know, maybe Ashley Cole and the, and the LA Galaxy, Kevin, and I would even say that there's probably bad blood between Ashley Cole and some other players as well. Um, some players that were not very well liked, or one particular player who's not very well liked uh, in terms of Jermaine Jones and, and what he did to that locker room and different things. So um, it's it's a very, it was a very mixed sort of uneasy locker room last year. Uh, it was dysfunctional to to a certain extent. And uh, Yella Van Damme, uh, Jermaine Jones, and and maybe some other players, you know, caused some problems there. The fact that there aren't any of those guys anymore actually gives me a lot of hope for this particular locker room. And the fact it's going to be a bunch of new guys, Kevin, they're going to get to sort of gel themselves. So I think you sort of throw everything out, um, and these guys will get a chance to come together as a team, which is a good sort of fresh start for the Galaxy here in 2018. You know, let me say one more thing about Ashley Cole. And, and yeah, I guess it's obvious I'm kind of an Ashley Cole fan too, but a lot of the big, I mean, Ashley Cole is as big as it gets. He may be the best left back of his generation, certainly the best left back and the most uh, decorated left back in the history of the English national team. So he comes over here, uh, maybe not with a big name like a David Beckham or Steven Gerrard, but certainly with the resume uh, equal to almost equal to both those guys. Um, why the other two guys were, were, were good teammates and I haven't heard a lot of bad things about them. I don't know how much time they spent away from the stadium, hanging out with guys. Ashley does that. Ashley goes golfing with a lot of the, or did last year go golfing with a lot of the defenders, spends time talking to those guys about the game and just about life in general and sort of has become a big brother to, um, last year to a lot of guys on a very, very young team. So Ashley's made the effort. He should have had the armband at the last at the end of the season and not Jermaine. And maybe that will be part of it too. Maybe if they sort of push this thing of you're the leader we want, you know, you can have the armband. Uh, we like your coaching on the field. Uh, you know, maybe that would be appealing to him because he did seem to really embrace that role last season. Yeah, he did. All right, let's go to uh, our, our, we'll do real quick. I'll, I got two more. So uh, Javi uh, at LA underscore Galactico, he says, after getting Bingham, do you still pull the trigger on McMath or Ousted? Uh You get one or the other, you pursue them both until you have somebody signed. Um, that's basically it. I don't know if McMath isn't going to go anywhere, if he's not going to be considered a starter, in my opinion, and you're not going to have Bingham and Ousted. Uh, one, they're both starters uh, in in my humble opinion, so you're going to have one, and then you're going to look for a backup somewhere else. But in terms of you know those three names, you're talking about names that I 
I think are highly coveted in terms of goalkeepers right now within the league. Uh, I would love to see Zach McMath, you know, in an LA Galaxy uniform because I think that he is sort of an unsung hero there in Colorado and deserves to be better than Tim Howard's backup on uh, on most occasions. But I also think that Colorado realizes that he has a lot of value as well. So we'll go with that one. Uh, move on now, Kevin. This is the last one. This is the one I wanted to make sure that I get it. Uh, and at Mbar, uh, he says. Uh, why does the Times, and I believe he's talking about the LA Times here, Kevin. I will decipher just a little bit. It could be the New York Times, it, you never know. It could be Seattle the, Times. Seattle Times. There's a lot of times, but I'm imagining it's the LA Times, uh, the, the paper that you, of course, write for. Uh, what does the ti- Why does the Times do five fluff pieces on LAFC for every article on the Galaxy, Kevin? That is, you know, that's a legitimate question right now because there is a lot of LA Galaxy news that you are not covering, Mr. Baxter. Oh, wait. No, no, there's not a lot of LA Galaxy news. Let's see. What was the most exciting thing that happened in the last week? Uh, oh, yeah, they signed a defender, a Norwegian defender, and that was covered uh, in the LA Times. I wrote the article, so I remember that, uh, that actually happening. Um, but what other exciting things have you shelved on purpose, Mr. Baxter? Why do you hate the LA Galaxy so much? Why do you love LAFC so much? Well, he did mention numbers. He did say there's five, I think, five stories for every one. Um, I, I'm not good at math, as we know, but I think the math may be off a little bit on that. And by the way, when you were talking about the criticism of the L.A. Times, you said the paper that I write for, you pick for it, too, yep. now that you're an honorary L.A. Times staff writer. So, um, uh, you know, you got to wear some of this, too. Well, you know, clearly the reason we're talking about LAFC is because they're doing things. They uh, have announced their, their home opener, and they've announced their first game in franchise history, the Galaxy don't have either one of those two things to announce because they've been in their stadium since 2004 and they've been in the league for 22 years. So, um, you know, and the Galaxy are not signing any DPs that I know of and, the, and LAFC has signed two uh, since August. Um, they did not make a whole lot of trades. They didn't, they didn't draft anybody. The Galaxy didn't draft anybody in the expansion draft because they weren't eligible to draft anybody in the expansion draft. So it's, it's clearly a matter of, LAFC is getting some stories because they're making news. Now, if he's talking about the Peter Cooper story, the, the feature we wrote a week ago on the one of the co-owners of LAFC and a guy who's a big mogul in Hollywood, I would love to do that story. If any time Phil Andrews wants to sit down with me and talk, I would gladly do a story of that size and that heft on him. Um, I don't don't run out and get the ticket tomorrow morning uh, because I don't think that's going to happen anytime real soon. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that. Well, he also has a follow-up. Um, and and I, again, I think he's asking you this. Uh, he says, doesn't, does, doesn't he, as in you, don't you think LAF, LAFC fans are losers for suddenly being fans of a team in a league they wouldn't support before? What changed? Aren't they ashamed to be such posers? You don't have to answer that question, Kevin. I just wanted to sort of throw this out there and say, listen, there's lots of things that, that Kevin could do with his time. Uh, he's nice enough to come on this show and, and do this for absolutely zero money, I should say, and a ton, a ton of time. Uh, just because we have an hour show doesn't mean that we only talk to each other for an hour and do all this stuff. So, um, listen, Kevin is a wonderful reporter. He covers all sorts of things. In fact, he covers drag racing. So, I mean, room, room. yeah, exactly. And now he's a big fan of drag racing, by the way, as well. He didn't think he was going to like it. Now he likes it. Um, so he was he, he did. He does that. So, you know, whenever you're looking at this stuff and you understand that, that Kevin is an actual real sports reporter, well, unlike me, who just covers the L.A. Galaxy and I'm an, an L.A. Galaxy beat reporter and I've been covering the team since 2009, that type of thing. Uh, just 
pump the brakes a little bit on this. This is I, I get it. It's a fan reaction. I understand. You know, yes, there's there's reasons why you want to go after LAFC. Go after them for if you're a fan. I think there should be a good healthy rivalry between these two things. But um, I don't think attacking Kevin Baxter, one of the few people giving absolutely wonderful independent coverage of the LA Galaxy, is the way to go for this. I don't think Kevin has to bear any burdens for any of this stuff. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Kevin, anything else you want to add? It's it's all the lamestream media's fault. It's all fake news. It's all fake. I know you. I know you just sit there and you make up stories about the LA Galaxy, right? That's what because you have nothing better to do than to do that. There's there's nothing else to write about, right? Well, wait till you see my uh, Messi Ronaldo exclusive tomorrow. <laughs> They're interested. I've heard. That's what I, that's what I've heard. Yes, that's what I keep being told that. <laughs> that's what that's how it goes. All right. Uh, this is going to be it in terms of me and Kevin uh, before the holidays. So uh, Christmas is coming up on our next Monday when we would normally record. Kevin and I have decided that we're probably not going to record on Christmas. It just it doesn't make much well, sense. Well, wait. Wait a minute. Now, now, don't throw me under the bus for that. You've decided that you want to observe Christmas. I am here for our, our, our Muslim friends, for our friends who's, who are Jewish friends who will be supporting uh, and celebrating Hanukkah, anyone who wants to celebrate Kwanzaa. I, I am here for them. I am ready to go. But, but you, yes. um, you, you have want to bring back Christmas again. You and yep. Donald Trump are bringing back Merry Christmas yes. and Happy Holidays. Yep. So um, that's why we're not doing it next week. Just make sure. I want everyone to know where the blame lies. That's yeah, all. Absolutely. It was me. It was me. And then there's no there's no show that on the following uh, Thursday as well, the 28th. So we still have a Thursday show coming up this week. Uh, that'll sort of close out the rest of the holiday sort of calendar. And then we'll be back in the new year. Uh, and then it's rock and roll time to to go ahead and do that. And we actually have one planned for January 1st um, where, where Kevin and I are going to talk. Uh, about everything that's going on. Not that I expect a whole bunch to happen between, you know, sort of the holiday break that's coming. So I think there's a lot of chance for some good news for the Galaxy all the way up until Friday, and then it's sort of usually a media blackout until after uh, January 1st uh, while everybody's off doing other things, and, and including enjoying their family. So, Kevin, I hope that you and uh, your wife have a wonderful holiday, uh, however you choose to celebrate that, and you get to, of course, have the day off on the 25th to do whatever you'd like, however you'd no, like to celebrate. No, I, I get to have a day off from you, but on the 25th, I will be flying. I will be in a South Carolina plane, flying to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl. Oh, you lucky guy. You There you go, covering sports again. <laughs> covering sports yeah, again. Yeah, maybe, you know, I'm hoping it's a drag racing track in Dallas. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, very fun. All right. so this... we, get, we get together on January 1st, and at that point, there will be 21 days left until training camp. Yeah, it'll be, uh, again, it, you know, people were giving me crap, Kevin. They're like, you don't need to do a countdown from 70 days out. And I'm like, now you're at 35. How are you feeling now? All right? So it's, uh, it's... You got one of those big NASA countdown clocks in your office, Dad. Abs- I, you know what? I really want one. I don't have one, and I really want a countdown clock. I don't know what I want to count down to. Maybe, like, each show every, you know, Monday or Thursday or something like that. But if I had one, I would definitely be counting down the offseason in, like, minutes, hours, that whole thing. I would do that. So that's a good idea. Thank you for, thank you for reminding me once again. All right. Okay. Uh, anything else? You good? That's it. I think we're done. All right. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. And and uh, happy holidays to everybody. You yeah. can say Merry Christmas. You, you can say Merry Christmas. You can say Happy Christmas. I always like the Happy Christmas, quite honestly. The English, I think, say it better. The Happy Christmas. I always. just I, I just like to be inclusive. I don't see why. Um, no, in, in, on a serious note, I don't see why people are so down on Happy Holidays. Why, why not include everybody instead of excluding people because you celebrate a particular holiday? 
So now I'm stepping off the soapbox and I will twist my ankle on the way, I'm sure. No, absolutely. No, you're right. It, it should always be happy holidays, and I never have a problem with that. And I hope that however people choose to celebrate, even if they're not celebrating anything in particular, that you get to do it with friends and families or soccer friends and soccer families or however you want to do it. But all those wonderful things, we hope that you celebrate, be safe, um, all those wonderful things. We have another show coming up on Thursday, of course. Um, and so we're going to uh, get that done and then wrap up sort of the 2017 uh, season 2017 off season and move into the 2018 off season and uh, get ready for the 2018 season in full. All right. Uh, if you are looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter, you can find him at kbaxter11 on Twitter, of course, and latimes.com where all this wonderful writing, including five LAFC articles for every LA Galaxy article, just in case you wanted to know. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast, head over to CourtOfTheGalaxy.com, where you can find our trade tracker, all of our podcasts, and any other LA Galaxy news you need to know in the offseason. All right. Uh, happy holidays. Everybody be very, very safe. For Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Guessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on December 18th. Everyone have a very, very wonderful happy holidays. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.